Boom, put boom, boom, side, B side, what side are you on? Good morning. I don't know why I said morning because it's not morning, but you may be listening in the morning. So, hello. Hey, Adam, how's it going? And just to cover our bases, good afternoon, good evening, and good day. Let's do a throwback to a former episode where we talked about the Truman Show. Right there. Y'all take care. <laughs> oh, man. So um, I watched some great stuff this past weekend. Yeah? Uh, Friday. So have, have you got, did you get to see Black Panther? Yes, Friday night. Oh, okay. Very, it is long. It's like three hours. And can I just tell you real fast, though, that I went with my daughter and her boyfriend and uh, she drove and we're walking back to her car or we're getting back in her car after the movie. And I look down because I see something on the ground and I'm like, oh, oh, look at there's something shiny. Oh, that's my keys. My keys had been sitting on the ground next to her car the entire day. Oh. And you weren't even driving. They were just in your like pocket and they fell out so you wouldn't yeah. even have necessarily noticed if you got no. it and hadn't seen them reflecting no. in the room that's that's lucky so lucky oh my gosh so yeah that was interesting but the movie it's i mean it's a little early in the season but i'm gonna call it a christmas miracle <laughs> i'm with you i'm with you <laughs> um i liked the movie it was a very good tribute to chadwick boseman um there there's a couple things that I was just kind of meh on, but overall, I really did enjoy Black Panther. It did great at the box office, like $180 million or yes, something like that. Yes, it broke a so, record. It broke a record because yeah. I think before that it was a Divergent. No, Mocking, Mocking Jay. Oh, for, for like an October or for a November opening? For a November opening, yeah. Yeah. It held the record. Um, And then... I saw, I was uh, scrolling through uh, HBO and like at the very top, it popped up that Don't Worry Darling was on. And I was like, oh, you know, whatever. I've been meaning to watch this. And I was like, well, it's not in theaters anymore. Might as well give it a try. It's, it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not what I was expecting. They threw okay. some, it was, it, it was good. It just it did not go the direction I was thinking at all. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I recommend it. And then um, I really, really, really recommend Where the Crawdads Sing. It's on Netflix now. Yeah, it just, it just got to Netflix like in the last couple of days, right? Yes. That movie, I thought about that movie for like two days after I watched it. Oh, wow. So it's, it's a thinker movie. Um, I mean, it makes you think. It's not yeah, like, it's you know. It's a reflective movie, like, wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, more like Black, Black Panther is sort of like that popcorn, like going to have a great time, great three hours, but you're probably right. not going to walk out like questioning things about your life. Exactly. Exactly. You'll, if you're, if you're into the comics, you'll, you know, do some comparisons because there's, they introduce a, another comic book character and you'll see how that compares to what you know about the character or whatever for Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Where the Crawdads Sing, it really does make you just reflect on life life and this person's life and again it was not a movie that i knew much about because the trailers don't really show much except for a girl living in a marsh so you're like Meh, yeah i don't really think i mean this could go a lot of directions exactly so i was like well sure whatever it's it's free but um i really really enjoyed it and it had, it had some oscar buzz too didn't it it did and i can see why and it's one of, it feels like one of those movies where like there are certain movies that just do not lend themselves to a 30 second or even a two minute trailer. Yeah. Like Black Panther lends itself. There's going to be a good guy. There's going to be a bad guy. Maybe the lines will get blurred. There's going to be some stuff we know, some stuff we don't. Special effects, boom, boom, probably one car chase. That's a trailer. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have a lot of those elements, then a trailer can be really hard to put together. Because how many times is a trailer like, made you think the movie was one thing and then you went and watched it and you're like, that was not what I expected. Yeah. Like you were saying with Don't Worry Darling. Like mm-hmm. I won because of the drama surrounding it and how it didn't go over well with like the press and it became this whole like social media thing. I, it's a movie that I probably would go see because I really enjoy Florence Pugh. But because of all that nonsense, I was like, nah, you know, I'm just don't, I don't want to be a part of it. And, but 
I didn't give it a chance because of the nonsense, but I have no idea what it was about. I think that the, like you said, I think the nonsense kind of made me go, eh, let's see what this is um, about. And um, Harry Styles actually, uh, much, uh, I think this is only like his second, third acting gig because he's got my policeman in there. As yeah. Well. So for someone who's not a seasoned actor to have such a major role, I thought he did really well. Um, I mean, it helps with your sleep with the director, so. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, I mean, that'll get you cast, probably. But it doesn't change his acting ability. He actually is true. a pretty decent actor. Well, um, he, seem, he seems like a very charming, you know, you know, he's not ugly to look at. There is that. So, yeah. Um, of the three, if I had to rank them um, in terms of artistic value, I guess. I would say Crawdads, Black Panther, don't worry, but I would recommend any of them. So especially since Dory Darling, it's free on HBO, right? Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. if you subscribe to HBO Max, I mean, I guess that's not free, but right. If you're you paying for it anyway, it's part of the subscription. So yeah, yeah. same with Crawdads. If you subscribe to Netflix, it's part of the subscription. So uh, I'm actually surprised to see that on Netflix because it's been a long time since Netflix has added a non-Netflix movie. Yeah, so they they really dove full into like all original stuff. Yeah, and they're like, hey, making movies and TV shows is not cheap. <laughs> right. Maybe we should just maybe we should just put some other stuff on there too. <laughs> maybe let's go back to adding other people's stuff as well. But I mean, that's why I've I've been really excited. I don't know if if it's been a you know choice, but Amazon you know buying what used to be like. IMB TV and now it's freebie, but mm-hmm. it's Amazon's freebie and it's got more and more of this old stuff on there. It feels like those other things are popping up that are kind of filling the gaps. And so you're getting to see like the stuff that used to be on Netflix or used to be on Amazon Prime when it first came out or Hulu. It's, you know, got a place again, but they're all these like sub companies of the bigger companies. So mm-hmm. it's still out there somewhere, but it's just, it's so expensive to make movies that at some point they got to be like, man, there's a lot of movies that have already been made that <laughs> right. we don't have to, we Why don't have we to pay just for. Put these on there? Yeah. Like you're saying, it, it's funny because the pendulum, I think we were talking last week about how it used to be, you know, you got an appointment television, like, you know, MASH was the number one TV series of all time for ratings for the finale because you could only watch it that evening at that time there wasn't like at that point vcrs weren't even really around so like nobody was recording stuff like if you missed it you missed it whereas then got into streaming and it's like binge watch anything you want but now they're kind of getting back to again last week i was talking when we record on wednesdays i always make myself wait for usually it's a the disney plus series which come out on wednesday so right now it's andor Andor season 11 or episode 11 is out but i make myself wait till we're done with the podcast before i watch it so i have like a little reward at the end you know it's like <laughs> when you were in baseball and i did were like, good I afterwards we'll get some ice cream yeah. yeah or hey you didn't cry today so get some ice cream after the game you know? <laughs> not that um, i cried at every baseball game I must say. Uh, but you did like one time uh-huh are you sure? Because your parents do listen. Uh, it wasn't every time, but there were some days when I did not want to play and they were like, hey, we'll get ice cream afterwards. And I'll be like, oh, all right, let's do it. <laughs> um, you got me. <laughs> what about you? Did you see anything this past weekend? Uh, I have been just working a lot. So I have my shows that I can put on in the background while I'm writing reports and collating data and going through spreadsheets. So I have been almost all the way through the Unforgettable season. There's four seasons. I only thought there were three, but there's four. So I'm halfway through now. I've watched all of seasons one and two, and I'm about halfway through three. Uh, So that's come on. Got back into Star Trek Enterprise because I tried to watch the new Quantum Leap. And the entire time I was like, this is this is fine. It's kind of the same way I felt about Hawaii uh, Five O and Magnum PI and like the the MacGyver reboot. Yeah, those were always so tied in with the lead characters that it just it was okay, but it wasn't the same. And so I tried watching Quantum Leap and I did not make it through an episode. 
because it just so felt so is the weird. Premise the same? Have they gone in to rescue the old crew? Like, what is the new? Like, why did we need this? Because they were like, hey, the other one was successful, and those people are now adults with money, so they'll maybe watch the same show again. It's hmm. really all I got. I mean, it, I, I don't doesn't feel like they did anything all that new with it. Uh, it's a much more diverse cast, which is good because it was just mm-hmm. a bunch of white people in the original, which was needed. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I was like, you know what? I just need some Scott Bakula. So I'm just going to go watch Star Trek Enterprise for a couple episodes uh, because I can kind of check in on that and check out and not have to be as engaged. I have I've sat down because now there are my list is getting so long of shows that I need to start. Mm-hmm. but there are a lot of ones that I really need to pay attention to. Like I have been told, do you watch Yellowstone? No. And everybody keeps telling me I need to. Right. And I, and I like Costner. I was like, cool. I should really probably get into that. A new season started. So that would be a good time to start. This new show was Sylvester Stallone, Tulsa King, which is made by the same guy, but it's mm-hmm. basically like a mob thing where this guy, this, this uh, Goomba has been in jail for like 20 years. And then he gets, back out and he's like hey i'm ready to go back to work like, where are you gonna put me and they're like ah, how about tulsa because they, yeah. really, they were like uh go to tulsa and he's like you know sort of a fish out of water thing that looks good uh you've got the the, the peripheral which i've been wanting to watch with uh chloe grace warrets which looks great and then a new brand new one with emily blunt uh the oh it's a, it's a western that just oh, came out yeah yes, did, it's like the, the- preview for like not the preview i saw like a, a poster board like yeah it's like the the english duh she's english uh but you know it's it's very much a, a western drama sort of thing and i was like oh, i want to start it. i started that and, like the opening thing was this this really intense monologue and i'm like ah, i have no emotional bandwidth for this right now so instead we will go and watch something completely different <laughs> instead we'll watch murder <laughs> she wrote again go back to murder <laughs> she wrote uh <laughs> I, I am very much caught up on like the only active show I'm watching is it's NCIS. But then I was like, you know what? I need like some comfort television. So I was like, I know they did the reboot of Law and Order. So I'll dive into that. And I go on to Peacock and the first episode's like, this is part three of a three-part series involving both Law and Order special victims and Law and Order organized crime. And I'm like, oh God, like I got to go find them and watch those. And I don't know I sound like exceptionally old right now. But it was just like man, too much man. work to watch television. There's just so many options. So then I just I'm like, okay, wait. There's a new Jack Ryan series coming out in December. So I will rewatch the first two seasons of the John Krasinski uh, Jack Ryan series, both season one and season two, and then season three, which is coming. Also, star Wendell Pierce, and I have been reading rave reviews of his performance on Broadway in the revival of Death of a Salesman. Uh, they're talking like. Tony level uh, success. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. So I then started watching that again. So when I tried to watch the new stuff, I got overwhelmed and just went back and continued to watch stuff that I've already seen. <laughs> Which actually I've read is a is, is a symbol of both depression and ADHD. So uh, yeah, oh, it's wow. pretty spot on. Okay. All right. you, you search for comfort in, in the things that you uh, have seen before. Well, that, that sounds a bit on brand, doesn't it? Yeah. So I have watched my two new shows that are watching are NCIS and uh, Andor, and they've both been pretty good this year. And wh- what episode are we on? We are one seventeen. So I get one seventeen. Don't you try? So to, don't I you was try a, to I, that's why I stopped. Way into the A sign right now. Because <laughs> I was about to segue. <laughs> And just like the owner of the Segway who died on the Segway, I was like, maybe I should slow down. <laughs> yes, this is 117, which means I get to start this week. So are we ready to jump in? I'm ready if you're ready. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Well, this week, so last week we talked about um, the Amazon review killer. Did you ever go back and try to find? I know you said you wanted to try to find some of the reviews. I don't know if you actually. Did. I found a lot of articles that that showed them and like really grainy screenshots. Mm-hmm. I could not find them on Amazon, which doesn't shock me because I'm sure Amazon was like, you know, we're going to edit those out because. Yeah. And and also Amazon, there are so many things on there where like I've purchased before. Like I got this really nice glove and hat and then like this 
it's not a scarf, but it's like, it's like a hat with a hole in it. So you can pull it all the way down. So like, you don't have to tie it, but it works as like a neck warmer. I guess you Mm -hmm. would call it a neck warmer. And I got this like three pack and I'm like, this is really nice. I was like, you know, I'm going to go and look and maybe get, get this little three pack again for a gift. And they're like, no, the one you purchased is never to be sold again. But here are (laughs) like 19, here are 19 similar products. So I'm sure that like the stuff he reviewed that listing has been changed just ever so slightly uh to be a different one because you can't it's really hard to buy the same thing twice unless it's a subscription and then you just end up not canceling stuff and that's how adam has like 19 uh deodorants ready to go at any time because <laughs> i was like oh, i'll burn through these pretty quick and then you don't realize how how you don't use stuff as quickly as you think you do and then the next one's already showing up i had to skip uh my dog's food which is delivered every two weeks because i'm like we go through this about every two weeks right and then i realized evidently we don't because <laughs> now, now i have three bags instead of two. Oh man all right so this week we are heading to some national parks some national forests mm. uh, and we are going to be talking about gary michael hilton So Gary Hilton was born November 26, 1946 in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's been alleged he had a pretty rocky childhood. From there, he joined the military, he went into the army, and he was a paratrooper. He ended up on discharge in 1967 after being diagnosed with schizophrenia. I mean, you got to be a little crazy to jump out of a perfectly good plane, but that was probably a little too much crazy. (laughs) So Gary, um, this is where we start with Gary. So his motive um, was stalking hiking trails across the South looking for his victims. He has at least four confirmed victims, but he's suspected of more deaths. So we don't know a whole lot about Gary once he gets out of the military, but we know he has a penchant. For the murder. Um, his first victim was 26-year-old Ross Anna Miliani, who was from Miami, and she was last seen uh, December 7th of 2005 near Bryson City, North Carolina, at a convenience store buying backpacks. She was seen with an older gentleman, an older like in his 60s, who claimed to be a pastor. How does that even come up in a conversation at the convenience store while you're buying backpacks? Hey everybody, I'm okay. If you're if you're wearing like like the collar, uh, probably not. He's hiking. I mean, I, that would not be fun to hike in. No, no, no. Um, he stole her back her bank card, and he ended up beating her to death. He wasn't actually connected to her death until years later, after he's arrested. When he's arrested, a store clerk finds out about his arrest. Uh, this clerk, his name is Steve Siski. He gets in touch with police and he notes similarities between Rosanna and another victim that we're going to talk about in a little bit named Meredith. On December 3rd of 2006, 46-year-old Sunday school teacher Cheryl Hodge Dunlap, who was a resident of Crawfield, Florida, um, she didn't show up for her job at Florida State University in Tallahassee where she was a nurse. Um, Cheryl had gone to read outside of Florida's, okay, hopefully I can say this right, Apachacola National Forest. So of course, when she didn't show up for work, her colleagues were like, wait, this isn't, this isn't normal. So the next day she doesn't show again, they report her missing. So police go looking and her car is found, her abandoned car is found. It was a white Toyota Camry and it was found just north of the county line. Approximately five days after she's Um, reported missing a search party of about 180 people get organized to try to help find her initially they weren't able to find anything but people were still like they had hope upon hope upon hope that they were going to be able to find her alive well about two weeks later on december 16th a hunter who was passing through the apple forest named ronnie rents he's going through the forest with his dogs and he finds the body of a decomposing white female who had been decapitated he immediately reports his findings to the authorities initially so so instead of finding 180 
people. They just needed like two dogs. They just needed the dog. Like, dogs are better than people in every way, literally every way. Um, so initially they were not sure if that was her because one, they can't identify her because she doesn't. Initially, they couldn't identify her because she didn't have a head. Her body's decomposing, so she sent to the medical examiner who was able to confirm via DNA profiling that it was Cheryl Dunlop. Her death's classified as a homicide. And so authorities say, okay, here's what we know. There was a suspicious green truck seen in the area around the time she was uh, she disappeared. And it was driven by a man, an older man, who ended up using her ATM card more than five times in Tallahassee and took out more than $700 from her account. So over the next few days, a bunch of tips come into the police. Some were about a strange homeless man with a dog who's driving a green 2001 Chevy Astrovan, but that doesn't lead anywhere. Then there's rumors circulating that a serial offender was going between Georgia and Florida. So at the same time, the Leon County Sheriff's Office states that they're investigating a case that they, this, they think this case is an isolated homicide. They don't think it's related to anything else. So they're like, you can stop with the speculation. This is an isolated case. A little. And also, you you got to think that even if they did, they're going to be like, no, 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 we don't have a serial killer. Right, because who wants to freak people out, right? Yeah, you want to cause a panic. Right. So, uh, on October twenty first of two thousand seven, we've got John and Irene Bryant, who were avid hikers. They lived in Horseshoe, North Carolina, and they had gone for a hike through the Pisgah National Forest. And they had left their, they, they drove a, a Ford Escape and they left it parked um, at the Yellow Gap, which was near route, uh, US Route 276. Well, when their family doesn't hear from them for a while, they get really worried and they report the couple missing to the Henderson County Sheriff's Office who immediately launches an investigation looking for the Bryants. They get more than 30 volunteers, they get cadaver dogs, and a helicopter. I guess they kind of learned. Well, they were like, we don't need 180 people, we just need two dogs. And somebody else was like, well, we got a helicopter. Like, yeah. Yeah. They get a hold of their phone records um, because they're missing. So they're able to do that. They learned that Irene's phone had attempted to call 911, but the signal dropped. The signal was off. The call was dropped. So about mm, three weeks later on November 10th, the search party, they find the body of a woman covered in leaves on what's called Barnett Branch Trail. Well, of course, this is an area where people knew that Irene and John were missing. So they suspect that this is probably Irene and they send the body to the state medical examiners to perform an autopsy. Three days later, her body is positively identified as Irene. Um, she had been bludgeoned to death with a blunt object. So now it's considered um, a federal crime because it was a homicide that had been committed on federal land. So the FBI gets involved and they launch an investigation and they offer a reward of $10,000 to anybody that can provide information that could bring uh, the killer to them. Also, while all of this discovery is going on, it's been discovered that a bank card that had belonged to the couple had been used to withdraw $300 from an ATM in Ducktown, Tennessee. Now that's Tennessee to North Carolina. Based on when my daughter was driving back and forth, that's at least a six hour drive. There are surveillance cameras at ATMs Obviously, we know this if you've been to an ATM ever. And the video shows an older white male wearing a yellow rain jacket, but he had a hood that obscured his face. At this time, her husband, John, was still considered a missing person. And they thought whoever had taken Irene had taken John as well. Mm. So we fast forward about <clears throat> three more months, February 3rd of 2008. Another hunter finds a skull in the... Nantahala National Forest, which is just off of a service road called the Switchbacks. His name is Mark Waldrop. So he calls a local deputy for assistance. 
And then the, the two like are investigating the scene. And then while they're like looking through the area, they discover a pelvis and a spine that was about 20 yards from the skull. There's no clothing, no identification. So they send the bones to the medical examiner for identification. About two days later, they identify that, the, the bones to be that of John Bryant. So just before Hunter Mark discovers the body of uh, John Bryant, well, Gary Hilton is uh, taking action again. On New Year's Day of 2008, Meredith Hope Emerson, she decided she wanted to go hiking uh, along a trail called Freeman Trail on what I would never probably visit just because the name freaks me out, Blood Mountain. But you also know there are people that would simply because of the name. I know. Like I could tell, like, like when I was like in high school, there'd be somebody in my group that'd be like, "Man, we should go to Blood Mountain." And I'd be like, "Well, that sounds horrible," but yeah. I mean, not that I was that. That's a real story, but I can totally see it happen. Yeah. So, twenty-four-year-old Meredith, she's hiking on Blood Mountain in Vogelsig uh, Park, and she's got her dog Ella with her. Uh, and several people saw Ella and Meredith hiking on the trail, but they also saw an older white male uh, with a dog following them. So about three days later on January 3rd, authorities find a 1995 Chevy Cavalier and inside was a water bottle, a dog leash and a police baton. Well, when they look into who was with Meredith that day, they find that 61-year-old Gary Hilton, who's a known local drifter, he's known for his strange behavior and violent temper. He was often seen walking with his dog Dandy along that same Freeman Trail on Blood Mountain. Well, now he's a person of interest because they're like, wait a minute, he's this is all fitting, you know, older white male, older white male, older white male. So police um, request an interrogation. They they want to interrogate him. So. A day after um, they announced that they want to interrogate him, they find Meredith's dog, Ella, wandering in a Kroger parking lot. Ella is returned to Meredith's family members. On January 5th, authorities find in a dumpster near a quick trip a, a bunch of Meredith's belongings, uh, her clothing that had blood on it, her wallet, her driver's license, a University of Georgia ID card, and a seatbelt that had blood on it that had been. Covered. You don't just usually find seatbelts without cars. No, you don't. So hours after police find these items of Meredith's, Gary Hilton is arrested. At the same time, they're finding these items, or you know, around the same time, there are some anonymous phone calls that come into the police station that say that he was vacuuming his local van uh, outside of a local establishment. So they. You know, they've got this tip that he's vacuuming. They find all this stuff. Plus they, they say, oh, he was with um, Meredith on this trail or somebody that looked to be like him. So they uh, arrest him. He's taken to the county jail where he is charged with kidnapping based on the evidence that, was connect that they found that connected into the case. He's also being held. Um, he's, he's transferred because they take him to a federal prison in Atlanta because of the... Um, the crime of, fact it was yeah national parks the, yeah because it was federal land so they uh while he's being held they search for meredith's body in the area of the chattahoochee national forest well they look in his van it's the same 2001 chevy astro that had been reported by witness tips and they notice that it's missing a car seat belt the one that hmm. the seat belt that was found with meredith's belongings so guess who's in trouble? Yeah. So he's hit with all these charges. So he decides, okay, I'm hit with all these charges. I'm facing the death penalty. You know, he's hit with the charge of kidnapping, murder. So he says, uh, I'm going to take a plea deal. He agrees to reveal where he disposed of Meredith's body if they'll drop the death penalty against him. Hmm. So he takes investigators to the Dawson Forest Management Area where he tells them her head's not going to be with him. Okay. He was, in fact, correct. 
she had been decapitated, but the coroner in a postmortem examination, he was able to determine that it was in fact Meredith. He had forced her to camp with him for several days, all while promising her that he was going to let her go if she just gave up her bank info, which she in fact did. He did not let her go though. And he beats her with the police baton that they had found in the car. He then left her covered by leaves and brush. He said he couldn't bring himself to kill her dog, Ella, because they had spent a good few days together. So <clears throat> he pleads guilty to her murder and he's sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years. In September of 2009, a hiker found camping supplies that they believe belonged to Gary Hilton. They then turned those supplies over to police because he's got another child coming up, the Cheryl Dunlap trial. About a month later, Florida prosecutors charged Gary Hilton with Cheryl Dunlap's murder, claiming that there was evidence linking him to her murder. He tries to fight extradition, but he loses. He's brought to Leon County from Georgia, from the Georgia Diagnostic and Classification State Prison, and he awaits trial. Um, so the prosecutors claim that uh, Gary had abducted Cheryl from the Leon Sinks geological area and held her captive for two days before he killed her and then decapitated her. He had also attempted to get rid of any evidence by burning her head and hand in a fire before he dumps the rest of her body in the forest. So his defense team claims that there was no forensic proof, but the prosecutors reminded them that Gary had claimed on tape that he had disposed of her body, and now he was just trying to distance himself from it. It took four hours for the jury to deliberate, and they found him guilty on three out of four charges with a recommendation to impose the death penalty. On February 22nd of 2011, he was officially sentenced to death for the murder of Cheryl Dunlop. In 2012, he is brought to trial for the third time for the murders of John and Irene Bryant. Well, as part of that plea deal he had made, he admitted the guilt and he sentenced to an additional life term without the chance of parole. So now we've got life with the possibility of parole. We've got life without the possibility of parole and we've got the death penalty. Uh, during the hearings, he described how he killed Irene on the spot and then kidnapped John to get his bank information. He extorted him and then he ended up shooting him with a 22 Magnum before dumping it. <laughs> During the trial, criminal profilers from the FBI and different agencies across the country, they showed up to the trials and they wanted to interview Gary Hilton. According to criminologist Eric Hickey, Gary Hilton was most likely responsible for several other homicides before 2007. In 2018, Gary Hilton unsuccessfully attempted to overturn his death sentence, citing that his defense team was dysfunctional and ineffective. Both state and federal authorities denied his appeal. He is currently still sitting on death row. He also, we mentioned the other victims. He is suspected, but has not been properly linked to the murder of Judy Smith, who was 51 on September 7th of 1977. Several human bones and personal items were found in the Pisgah National Forest that were scattered near a campground. Judy was eventually identified by another hiker who had last seen Judy in Philadelphia five months earlier. Also, Michael Scott Lewis, who was 27 of South Daytona, he went missing November 1st, uh, November 21st of 2007. A few weeks after he went missing, his dismembered remains were found by a fisherman in Ormond Park. They had been put into black bags and dumped in the Tumaca River. The remains were not immediately identified. It took a couple of days in a lab in California. Unfortunately, his head was never located. Authorities have stated that Gary Hilton still remains a suspect in this murder, but they have not been able to completely tie him to this murder. Michael Scott Lewis's girlfriend at the time, Nelsie Tetley, was later arrested and was supposed to stand trial in 2017 for the murder and the dismemberment of her, her boyfriend, Jeffrey Albertson. So she is also considered a viable suspect. In the case. That, that, sounds, that sounds pretty viable. Yeah. When, when the, the second boyfriend ends up dead in a similar way. I mean, I'm not saying it's the same, but it's I mean, pretty, but pretty they, big hit. Either way it goes, they both kind of could be a suspect because he's known for dismembering and decapitation, and now she's known for dismemberment. So I'm, I'm sure that every right. state attorney within you know the eastern seaboard, if they had to be 
a decapitated person in a park, they were like, well, could be our guy. Yeah. But there you go. That is the national, that's the story of the National Forest serial killer, Gary Hilton, who remains on death row to this day. And so I learned a very important thing in this this whole story. And it is another reason that I, that I have when people ask me a very specific question, because all of these people got decapitated and it took days to identify their remains, right? Because mm-hmm. they didn't have their head. Because mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, the, one, you see somebody's face, you can check their dental records, but that will never be a problem with me because I have tattoos. Ah, yes, I do as well. So I will be immediately, and mine are unique. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not just like a heart that says mom. Uh, it, it, there's, there are more than, more than one. So I now can say, when someone's like, why'd you get a tattoo? I'm like, because if I get decapitated, <laughs> you'll, you'll know it was me. You'll be able to identify me. You'll be able to identify. We're not going to waste any time because we know <laughs> if you waste time, it's harder to find the killer. So I'm really just looking out for the police in this instance. <laughs> oh, but there you go. That is the B-side. So on the A side this week, uh, last week no we had murder. talked about no no murder, no murder on the A side. Uh, this is the this is the murder free part of the show, uh, <laughs> where we just talk about random things uh, as a palate cleanser. Uh, so if you have dry mouth like me and drinking water all the time, uh, you have something to cleanse the palate as well. Uh, last week I mentioned that we hadn't really done a that guy from that show mm-hmm. in forever. Mm-hmm. And part of it's because I feel like I've just been watching so much of the same stuff that I'm not just, nothing's really surprising me in the same, because I'm not watching as many, you know, new shows as I probably should be. I'm re-watching a lot of stuff. And there haven't been, I mean, Andor is a relatively small cast, but also like there's not a lot of really recognizable people. I mean, Andy Serkis, of course, uh, and then Stellan Starsgard as well, but haven't been a lot. And then, of course... On Monday night, I uh, was out doing family stuff. Uh, my, my son had his first sports banquet of high school. So we got to do like the, the everybody brings, you know, stuff for a taco bar. And then everybody sits in the, in the gymnasium on tables or on lunch tables like a high school and you do the whole awards thing. And so I was out Monday night. I got home. Also, not surprisingly, but cross-country kids can eat a lot of tacos. Oh, yeah. We went, like yeah, I you're alone. You're talking adolescent boys. Boys and girls who, who routinely like routinely run long distances. And we had, so I, you know, myself is my portion. I brought two pounds of guac and four bags of lettuce. And that was in each of those areas of food. That was one of four. So we had like eight pounds of guacamole <laughs> that disappeared. <laughs> I was very impressed. Like I even was like, oh, well, maybe it'll be some guac to bring home. There was nothing. It was like locusts came, the plague of teenagers. I was just really impressed. But I was out that evening. So I came home and NCIS comes out on Monday night. So I, I usually watch it when I get home from being out on Mondays. And I booted up NCIS. The new episode had come out. There'd been a couple of weeks where they hadn't had one. So I was very excited. And then almost immediately, about 10 minutes into the episode, all of a sudden a guy pops up and I look at him and I go, I know this guy, but I don't know him in the character he's playing. Cause he was just sort of a one shot. I was bare, I think he was in three scenes in the entire episode, but it was one of those moments where I was like, I know this guy. And I think I know who it is. And it's kind of weird. Cause I re- recognize him from earlier seasons of NCIS and also the show that spawned NCIS way back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I'm going to investigate this. So in the most recent episode of NCIS, which is entitled Love Lost, there is a character by the name of Olive Kozlov, who is a Russian uh, who runs an underground casino in the back of a pawn shop. And he's got a white beard and white hair. And he's absolutely unrecognizable from the other characters that this actor has played. The actor's name is Patrick Laborto. And he's best known for being on JAG, which I often forget that JAG was actually the series that spun off NCIS. Uh, mm-hmm. JAG, of course, was the, the Navy courtroom drama from the mid-90s. And in the mid-90s, Patrick Laborto played the sort of sidekick to the, the main, you know, super good-looking guy character. Uh, I'm trying to think of what his name was. 
uh, but a Lieutenant Bud Roberts Jr. He was the junior defense lawyer uh, who was involved in the JAG offices, and he helped spin off NCIS in the early 2000s, was on a couple of episodes, but he's completely unrecognizable in this most recent episode as Oleg, except in his eyes, and even though the, he's using a very fake Russian accent, mm-hmm. you can tell from his voice that it's the same guy as well. Of course, uh, JAG ran from 19... 19- uh 95 through 2005 uh it started out on nbc and then moved to cbs which was even then that was sort of a weird thing to do yeah and it started david james elliott who just had that like classic hollywood leading man looks that classic and, uh, jawline and all that yeah absolutely just like this guy could you could see him playing superman just like that sort of archetype character and then the the highly underrated Catherine bell uh who was on there as well uh and i was like well this is great we'll, we'll talk about patrick laborto a little bit and he's been around for quite a while his first uh television role was all the way back in the early 70s as a child actor so he's been acting for at this point 50 years basically but then you start seeing the things that pop up uh in 1974, one of his first movie roles was as a child actor playing the role of Peter in Mame, which starred another favorite of the A-side, which of course was Angela Lansbury. Mm-hmm. He showed up in a lot of Mark Harmon 80s movies, including uh, Summer School. He was in Heathers. Uh, he was in another movie that we've talked about on the A-side, Three Ninjas. So it's oh kind gosh. of amazing that this has not happened before. This yeah. guy was popping up in everything. Uh, he, he's still acting. He's been around for he's mostly a TV actor. He's been in episodes of things from Little House on the Prairie, Starsky and Hutch, The Love Boat, 21 Jump Street, the series, not the movie, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman, which I think we've talked about as well, Jag. He was even on Godzilla, the series, which was an animated series that continued the story from the 1996 Godzilla movie or 98 Godzilla movie, which was horrible with Matthew Broderick. But then they just turned it into a cartoon on the weekends, which I remember watching. Of course, he was in Jag and NCIS. He showed up on an episode of Living Single. Uh, he's been on CSI, Ghost Whisperer, Dexter. This is the type of guy where I now, of course, again, Castle, and one of your favorite Scandal as well. Yes. When I was a young actor, I wanted to be, you know, Michael J. Fox or Matthew Broderick. And then when I got to, you know, college, I was like, man, I, I kind of want to be like Ed Norton and Tim Roth and take off these gritty, like, you know, intense roles. Now that I am a pudgy middle-aged man, this is the career I want. To show up in episodes of really cool shows, often as like a office worker or officer number five, or the literally he was in Dexter and his character is just cook, but in parentheses, sandwich shop. So there must have been more than one cook in this episode without a name. So who is that specific? This is the career that I someday want to have. It is my kids are now reaching college age. I can finally move on to the second, uh, you know part of my life which is going to be going back to being an actor and take i want to be that guy in law and order that's taking the box off the trucks like john mulaney talks about where he's more concerned about getting the boxes off the truck or getting the truck packed than he is getting interviewed by the cops so this is my goal and robert or sorry patrick laborto uh somebody that you would immediately recognize and all the links will be on our website so you can check out his imdb his wikipedia uh, and you'll immediately go hey i do know that guy but watch the episode of NCIS that came out just a few days ago, uh, and you will barely recognize him in a complete character transformation. And I was like, this is great. I'm going to do this whole thing on Patrick Laborto. He's got a great career. But then as I'm looking at the episode, I realized, wait a second. This episode not only has one that guy from that show, but the main character in this specific episode of NCIS, the, you know, the, the, who the story revolves around, is an even better that guy from that show oh. who is an author and you got a twofer. Book, I got a twofer whose book I have heard about in the past and is on its way to me from Amazon because uh, it is about auditioning and as I am looking to get back into doing regular theater and trying to get back in my kid my oldest is certainly in that thing right now the uh 
audition scene of going to college and that whole thing if you're looking into theater uh, I was very excited to also discover that the lead character Michael Krustoff was another absolute that guy that from that show where you immediately see him and you're like I know this guy he's been in so many shows and he's there is a ability when you are a not you know David James Elliott not the amazing jawline you're sort of like the Jason Alexander type where you can hit a spot in your life from a physical transformation. And then you're just that guy forever mm-hmm. until you go like completely gray. And even then you're kind of the same guy. So I was like, here's another person that I can model my, my second you know, half of my life after. Uh, he's been in everything from, of course, the most recent episode of NCIS, but he goes all the way back to 1989's Return from the River Kwai, which was unreleased in the U.S. He's in Liar Liar. He's in uh, a very small role in what is my favorite Shia LaBeouf movie, Eagle Eye, where he plays the jeweler at the beginning of of the film who's involved. Uh, He's also been more on TV. So if you go back to TV, you've got Knott's Landing, General Hospital, News Radio, a show I completely forgot about, but absolutely love, Dharma and Greg. Oh, uh, he yeah. was the, the, he was on the short-lived Gina Davis show. He showed up on Felicity, The King of Queens, Malcolm in the Middle, The Wire, The West Wing, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, and Eight Simple Rules, ER, Boston Legal, Veronica Mars, Charmed, The Closer, <gasps> Life Without a Trace, which we mentioned last week, and that's why I recognized him because, or that last week, Without a Trace was a couple weeks ago, but that popped up. I was like, wait a second. I knew I'd seen him something recently, and it was Without, without a Trace. Eli Stone, Cold Case, Party Down, which I'm going to do an entire A-side on Party Down, because in my opinion, it is one of the most slept on and unknown little beautiful shows that was kind of, it was 2010, you know, so it was on the early sort of streaming world and it wasn't uh, on a major network and so it got kind of lost but it is so good and the cast is amazing uh so we will do an entire you know bit on that show down the line but party down weeds uh, of course law and order uh blue bloods the good wife uh gotham the blacklist elementary Bosch, I mean, Luke Cage, I mean, guys been everywhere. And he has a huge career on stage as well. And the book that he wrote, which is on the way that I'm going to read and also pass on to my oldest as they're going through uh, the audition scene is called Audition Psych 101. And it's how to take the, to turn auditioning, which can be one of the most terrifying experiences to go through to something that can be fun. And I always try to use the, the thought when I, talk, when I talk to my oldest or when I talk to friends or anybody else who's auditioning, I'm like, you have to treat every audition as an opportunity to perform. Mm-hmm. You get the opportunity to perform for the casting director or one or two people who then pass you on to the casting director. Then you perform for them. And then if you're lucky enough to get cast, then rehearsal is just another chance to perform. But this time your audience is cast with you all the way through to your doing your final show and you're taking the bow, but everyone is a unique opportunity to perform. And it's not a, not supposed to be a scary thing. It's a gift and not something that everybody gets. And that's where I try to put my brain at when I audition, but I'm very excited to listen to, or to, to read this book and figure out where he's at. This is actually a class that he's taught in New York city. That's been around for years. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. The link will also be, on our website as well. So somehow, when I was just getting home, marveling at the appetites of high school cross-country runners and relaxing and watching my weekly show, I stumbled onto not only a twofer with two guys from, you know, that guy from that show, but also a brand new book to read that I will now add to my ever-growing pile of books that need to be read uh, as well. So it's pretty great when you get basically three things Four things because I was you know enjoying an episode of my favorite show all out of one 45 minutes of television gold. So you'll be able to check out the backgrounds of both Patrick Liberto and my and I'm gonna destroy his name, Michael Kostoff as well on our website. All the links will be up there. Uh, his book is available on its own website and also on Amazon as well. And if you have Peacock, uh, you can go, or I'm sorry, not Paramount Plus, 
my bad, Paramount Plus, which is the CBS version, you can go and immediately watch last week's or Monday's episode of NCIS and see these two gentlemen in action. And you will be especially shocked at how you immediately recognize Patrick as Olive, but you don't recognize him looking like that. And it will drive you to the internet as well. So that is the A-side, a twofer plus a brand new book, all from 45 minutes of quality TV. And don't tell me the TV rot, rots your brain because I've been energized by one episode. <laughs> I haven't heard you this excited about um, uh, that guy from that show in a minute. I, I mean, I've got two new role models to try to mo model my second life after. So this is pretty exciting. And speaking of that guy from that show, uh, we've talked about Warwick Davis many episodes ago, of course, uh, was integral in so many Star Wars shows and, and his continuation of the story of Willow is coming to Disney Plus very soon as well. So there's a little, there's like a fifth thing of that guy from that show. All right. Love it. All right. So is that the A-side? That's the A-side because I, I can't, I can't squeeze anything else out of 43 minutes of TV. <laughs> All right. You know the deal. Um, of course, the big thing is please, 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 please like, subscribe, like, subscribe, like, subscribe. Adam, take it away. Uh, so go to our website, asidebsidepodcast.square.site. You can get all the information on there. You can subscribe on all of the uh, streaming platforms that you listen to podcasts on. Uh, and if you are like some of our other listeners who have recently listened to an episode and been shocked by some of the things I said, specifically that I will never eat a pickle. And if I'm kidnapped and say I like pickles, that's a signal to you that pickles are bad and would like to mock me about that, feel free to shoot over messages and pictures of pickles because I'm feeling like a single lady on Tinder with all the pickle pictures I've been getting recently. Uh, check those out. You can go and look at our merch stuff. We should probably have a pickle-based uh, t-shirt coming Oh, uh, soon. I gotta think of it. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, uh, th that would be perfect. Uh, you can also uh, send us information. If you have a murder or mystery or a true crime that you would like to hear more about or you think is really cool maybe from your local area that doesn't get talked about as much and you'd like Brooke to look into it uh we would certainly love that information mock me for my pickle hatred or send me the movie that you just saw that you think you should that i should see or that guy your favorite that guy or that gal from that show uh and we love all of your feedback and of course you can buy Brooke a coffee because if you can hear how fast I'm talking right now. Just imagine having to edit that and all the things that you didn't hear. Because when I'm talking this fast, there's going to be a lot of, you know, misstatements and slurring and all that sort of stuff. Brooke has to go through and clean all of that up. So she can use all the coffee she could get. And her favorite coffee place, I just learned this, her favorite coffee place does not open early enough in the morning, which I think is an absolute crime. So another yes. way to help yes. her deal with that is to buy her a coffee on buyusacoffee.com. Uh, Brooke, before my absolute dry mouth takes over and I have to chug an entire thing of water, uh, anything I missed? No, you got it all. You got yeah, it. That's what I thought. I, I, I just like to hear you say that. So. <laughs> all right. Well, that's been episode 117. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, Brooke.